if you are not doing the second meditation directly after the first one. Take your time to get comfortable, to relax into your body. Have your crystals, oils, or perhaps a blue flower or two close by. And use the usual method to get relaxed and let go of anything negative. Now gently take your focus down to your throat, to the front of your neck, and with your eyes closed, visualize that area. See there a beautiful, clear blue light. Cool but vibrant blue. Translucent, shining, clear blue. See that light shining out, out into the distance, out in all directions. See it going out to all, sending light to the world, to the higher selves of others. Shining, clear, healing light. like a searchlight clearing paths of communication. Down this wonderful path of light, send out loving messages to the world. Send out powerful, loving, healing communication with the knowledge and conviction that every thought you think in this moment of clarity will be received by whoever is its target. Send out mind messages, telepathically communicate with love and clarity. Send out messages to the universe beyond this planet, across the horizons of time and space to all the good there is now and all the good there is to come, to all the good there ever was. Send out a powerful message of love and gratitude and desire for communication and love. Clear your true path now. Now allow any information that's for your higher good to enter into your throat chakra, down this beautiful path of blue light. Wisdom about your vocation, wisdom about your way forward, wisdom about your ultimate truth. Let the information simply flow in, 
be the passive recipient of it without thinking or trying to make it happen or work it out in any way. Let it flow into you. Now switch on a tape recorder, you can use the one on your phone, or pick up your journal and pen. Open your throat and speak your message. Just let it flow without interruption, without self-consciousness. Let the wisdom that's flowing be captured forever. When you feel you have caught on tape or on the page, all you have to say for now, put down your recorder or your pen. Close your eyes again and if necessary, get relaxed again. With a single thought, allow your chakras to open. Draw the power of each to this point, the stability of your first, the flexibility of the second, the power and potential of the solar plexus and the love of the heart, the vision of the brow and the understanding of the crown. Draw them all to this point and allow the combined power to come to your throat. Now open your throat. Allow the whole power of your being to issue forth on a single note. Let it come out on a breath. Hold it as long as you can. Then take another deep breath and again let your voice be heard. Let your vibration reach out to the furthest corners of the universe. Know that as the sound moves out into the world, everything is changed by it. The vibration spreads out to touch everything and the love you send with it will touch the whole world. Repeat this as often as you wish and when you're ready, allow the sound to cease but know that the reverberation will go on forever. Be silent in your space and allow the voice of the universe to speak to you. Hear that inner voice as it speaks to you in love. Stay as long as you wish and before you begin your return, give thanks. When you're ready, begin your return to the room.
with a thought. Allow your chakras to close to where they are safe and comfortable. Begin to be aware of your physical presence. Feel your fingers and toes. Move them a little. Gently stretch. Love your body. And when you're back to that place behind your eyes, gently open your eyes and return to the room. As always, have a drink of water and record anything you want in your journal. As we start the meditations for the brow chakra, we are at the point of vision, wisdom and command. We've come a long way on our journey and you're much clearer and healthier than you were when you began. There's always more work to do, however, until it's time for us to go home. So, take yourself off to your safe place with your flowers, your oils, your crystals or whatever you wish to take. Make yourself comfortable with as much support as you need to allow you to physically hold your position for a little while. Focus on your breathing and relax your body, letting go of anything negative through your base chakra and the soles of your feet. Feel yourself fill with love almost automatically as you adopt this pose. It's healing now just to be here. Enjoy that feeling. Know what you've accomplished to be able to connect so easily and feel the energy flowing. Feel the peace. Feel the joy. Feel the love. Feel your spirituality. Now, loving yourself Take yourself back to the age of 21 and allow yourself to send love and forgiveness to yourself and others and the events of that time. Let your mind wander with you until the age of about 26. And let the love you're flowing cleanse, heal and forgive that whole period. Now, as you've done so many times before, Raise yourself spiritually so you can see that whoever may have hurt you then was living out of his or her own process. And forgive. Send love.
when you're ready, rise again to that highest level where not only can you forgive, but you can be grateful for the teaching that those experiences gave you. Take your time. Give thanks. When you're ready, ground yourself. Start to be aware of your physical body. Move your toes and your fingers. Stretch and gently return to the room. Have a drink of water and record whatever you wish in your journal. Take as much time as you need before going on to the next meditation. Settle down into your safe place and induce that relaxed state in the usual way. Let go of anything negative through the soles of your feet and your root chakra. Now, bring your focus to that place slightly above and between your eyebrows, to the point of your brow chakra. Feel that very spot and see it glowing with a wonderful deep bright blue light. With a single loving thought, simply allow that whole area to be cleansed with light. See the light shine even more brightly now. Deep, rich, dark blue, maybe with a purple tinge. From behind that point of light at your forehead and right through the center of it, shine a bright white light now. Shining out clear and strong, this light reaches beyond the horizons of time and space. Whoever and whatever is in your life now came from far away. There were times when you couldn't see those who are close to you now. They were in a different time and a different place. They were walking into your life, but you couldn't yet see them. They were making their way, as you were too, until you both came to a particular point in time and space where there was so little distance between you that you met. Now there are others who are also making their way towards you. In this moment, Clear your vision and look out down the wonderful light that is shining now through your brow. 
That light is a spotlight that shines out beyond the horizons of time and space. It shines to a place and time that you have not as yet been able to see. But that time and that space are peopled with those who are making their way into your life now, just as surely as you are making your way towards them. They are people to bring you love and joy, hope and beauty, work and opportunity. They are the people of your future, as you are one of the people of their future as well. Now, allow them to move towards you. Allow them to come into view. You may not be able to see their faces, but you can see their form. Watch them bringing wonderful gifts into your life as you are taking gifts to them. Send out a beam of love to embrace them. Send out joy and hope. Send out a welcome and know that as the time and space between you diminish, so you will welcome them and they will welcome you as well. These may be souls you have known forever. They may be souls you have never met, but the fact that they are coming into your life means they are bringing you gift in the form of love and growth and experience, which you need in order to continue on your journey of spiritual growth. You have mutual lessons to give and receive. You can do it all with love. Stay a while. Feel the wonderful energy between you. Enjoy the feeling of the love flowing out of you and of holding them in love. But for the moment, this is where you are, and they still belong a little distance from you. So now, send a final beam of love, and a promise that when the time comes, you will meet them in love. You will meet them with joy. You will meet them with openness. You will meet them with a sense of brotherhood and sisterhood. And you will meet them as equals.
and now allow them to go. Let them recede to where they need to be in their lives right now. Give thanks and gently allow the beam of love to be once again reabsorbed and begin on your return to the room. Be aware of your brow chakra and allow it to close where it is most comfortable. You can open it again whenever you want. Be aware of your physical presence, ground yourself and gently move your fingers and toes. And when you're ready, open your eyes. As always, take your time, have a drink of water and record whatever you need to in your journal. For this final meditation, in your crown chakra, the colors are white, purple, and gold. Though you have all you need within yourself to complete this meditation, if you have something purple and regal, white and innocent, or gold, set the scene by wearing it, or take it to your safe place now. The stones that are particularly useful here are diamonds, the master healers. This is the time to wear your diamonds, ladies. They purify the spirit and reflect the highest consciousness while inspiring innocence and serenity. Gold balances everything and helps aid illumination. So if you have a ring or other jewellery with a diamond set in gold, clean it and wear it. Celestite improves awareness of the divine, or white tourmaline, which also helps connect to the highest consciousness, are also appropriate here. And our old friend Clear Quartz is great too. It aids meditation, communication, and healing. If you want to use your vaporizer or burn incense, amber is a really good choice. Now go to your safe place and take with you anything you want. Though you may want to prepare yourself with music, the best thing for the crown chakra is silence. I do feel it's important for you to do this final meditation here in your safe place. You may find that at another time you'd like to go somewhere inspiring where you can be in nature and away from your daily life. I like beaches, rivers, forests, but just make sure that it's somewhere safe. Although by this point, we're very protected, but please be responsible and not foolhardy. As usual, focus on your breathing. 
Relax your body and let go of anything negative. Be focused within yourself. With great respect and reverence, take your focus up now to your crown chakra and with a single loving thought, allow it to open, visualizing it as a beautiful crown of light above your head. Allow it to open and increase in circumference and feel the wonder and beauty of it. Allow yourself to send up love to the highest possible point and then welcome back down that beam of light and love coming down and pouring in through your crown. Allow yourself to feel its radiance, feel its wonder. Let it come down to your brow now, where it changes to a deep blue or violet. Feel yourself filled with wisdom, with understanding. Let it flow down to your throat, where it changes to a beautiful sky blue or turquoise. Feel yourself filled with creativity, with truth, with integrity. Allow it to flow down to your heart now, where it changes again to a wonderful green. Feel yourself filled and overflowing with unconditional love for yourself and for all the universe. Let it flow on down to your solar plexus where it becomes brilliant yellow. Feel yourself filled with power as your will is reinforced and you accept responsibility for the great being that you are. Let the light move on down to your sacral chakra where it becomes bright orange. Feel yourself as a powerful sexual being capable of relating to others as an equal on any level. Finally, let the light Fill your root chakra where it becomes ruby red as it fills your pelvis and holds you firm, rooting you to the earth from which your physical body came and to which it will eventually return.
Now, see yourself in all your radiance. See who you really are. Allow yourself a mixture of pride and humility at the wonderful creature you've become while still being a small part of a wondrous whole. Breathe. Breathe in the power and the majesty. Be who you are. Feel yourself fully alive. Just be. Let the energies flow through you and around you. Let yourself be totally healed. Let no one ever take this from you. This is who you are. Enjoy. Just be. Stay as long as you wish, and then when you're ready, close down very carefully. Protect all your chakras by putting around you that velvet cloak that we mentioned earlier on in this program. Wrap that velvet cloak of protection around you. Protect your chakras, protect your aura, protect your energy. Then once again, begin to feel your physical presence. Start to gently stretch, wriggle, and when you're ready, return to the room. Have a drink of water and make sure that you're grounded before you continue with your day. In this part of the castle, we're going to explore our cocoon. The silkworm, or the caterpillar, is like the soul. The soul builds up a cocoon where it will die, only to be liberated into flight once it's fully mature. And this is the perfect metaphor, because the caterpillar has no choice but to spin a cocoon and become a butterfly. It is its destiny. The same is true for the soul. And this is a perfect metaphor to describe the ending of one cycle of consciousness and the beginning of another. The time within within the cocoon is difficult because the soul does not know how long it must remain in the darkness. The silkworm is in a highly vulnerable state, unable to protect itself, relying on camouflage to conceal it from predators. The soul is in between worlds, in between identities. What cocoon have you had to endure? The experience of dying to a certain kind of life and being born into another 
is archetypal, like the phoenix descending into the ashes only to be reborn and rise once again. You may struggle all the way into the cocoon, but you cannot sidestep a cocoon experience if it is time for one in your life. You can choose, however, how to experience the cocoon. You may be able to draw comfort from recognizing that you are preparing for emergence into the light rather than fear that you are alone in a dark, lonely place. To be able to illuminate your most painful moments or days or months with the mystical truth that you are living a transformation in progress brings so much light into the walls of your soul. So as we enter room in your castle, just know that the cocoon experience is the archetype of death and rebirth, an ending and a beginning. You have been in a cocoon before and will return to one again because that is the wheel of life. What matters is what takes place within the cocoon. So for the soul work, imagine that you are wrapped in a cocoon with your soul waiting for a new life to begin. You cannot see the new life forming around you, but you know that the old life is dying. As you take time to rest from the old life, you recognize that you are growing wings. What parts of your life do you need to let die? Are there habits you need to release or attitudes that simply do not serve you any longer? If you are in a cocoon, then you are dying to something. What is it? Work with this consciousness no matter how painful it is for you. Trust in the insights you receive and the mystical act of rebirth. Once you have spent time there, move out of that room and in your mind walk into another room where we're going to take mystical flight. Mystical flight inevitably follows your cocoon experience. You will emerge a butterfly. Hold that image. The ego dies in the cocoon so that the soul can take flight. So for your soul work, think, what must you leave behind in the cocoon and shake off as you emerge? You cannot have secrets from your soul. Ask your soul whether you are willing to be released into mystical flight. Are there any ego fragments left that you need to slip off? As you emerge from, from the cocoon, what do you see? Rest outside the cocoon. Dry your new wings. Can you fly in the new light around you? And as usual... Record anything you wish in your journal during or after this experience. As we have entered our seventh chakra, it is time to have some humble requests and to find out what you really want and to dissolve all doubt. So as you enter this last mansion, this last room in your castle. You're in a field of grace that dissolves fear and doubt. 
You're in the atmosphere of the divine. You cannot imagine yourself in this altitude of consciousness, but you can pray or meditate to enter it. I'm going to suggest you say the following prayer before going into this room. Though I cannot imagine the unimaginable, I surrender my soul to receive the grace of this mansion. I am within the embrace of the seventh chakra. I am present with the divine. Enter this room with intention of stating and releasing your healing requests. You must already realize that all is known but here acknowledge that which you need to heal. Pay attention to how you phrase your request, not because it matters to the divine, but because it matters to you. You do not want to make a self-serving request or to ask the divine to do all the healing work. Many people do not want to change their lifestyles, give up their addictions or change their diets in order to take care of their bodies. They do not want to become forgiving to face emotional wounds, to stop complaining, to make tough life choices, to become generous and honest. They simply want to heal and get on with the business of being the way they were. So examine your requests and expectations by asking yourself the following questions. What are you really willing to change? When? Can you change with the willing cheerful heart or will you have to let others know how difficult changing your life is will you expect to be healed immediately how soon what kind of attitude will you have if you don't see results right away are you willing to change not look back and have no expectations I'd like you to answer each one of these questions in your journal, so press pause before we move on to the next room. This room is about dissolving doubts. And you want to enter this room whenever you are filled with fear and doubt and whether or not you are ill. Being in this room helps you dissolve doubts and fears. And in this room, remind yourself. You reside within the vessel that is your soul. Here, within your soul, all of your doubts and fears are dissolved and have no authority over you. All doubts are self-created. Something activated this doubt, but it's not even important to know what that was. Enter the castle, close the drawbridge, and lock out the reptile of doubt. Enter into prayer or meditation and breathe deeply. Stay silent for a bit. See yourself in a field of grace. You live in mystery. Your life is a mystical experience. Trust that the outcome of each prayer is a miracle. Miracles are instantaneous change. Prayers answered at the speed of light. 
they could happen all the time if people were comfortable with having their prayers answered that fast. Mostly, people prefer to receive their answers in keeping with earthly time. The rules of life change for someone who is the recipient of a miracle. Make no mistake about that. Nonetheless, miracles do not result from faith or endless prayers alone, but from unconditional trust. Miracles indicate that you are involved in an intimate relationship with source consciousness, that you accept the unconditional terms of the miracle. You are never again allowed to make lesser choices of consciousness. As you enter into your meditations, do so in a spirit of humility. If you're going about meditating or praying only when you have time, then consider that against the size of your request. Here is a healing prayer for you to heal on any level that you feel you need it. I am in need of healing and I release the way of my healing path into your care. I know that I am graced by a miracle because all who ask for your intervention are received. I am grateful for my healing. I believe in the grace of miracles. I know all can be healed and that all of life is your creation and in your care. My job is to trust and to follow the guidance of myself within the text of each day. In this way, I serve a lifestyle of miracles. Where healing is needed, let that grace flow abundantly and let me serve that and let me be served by that. As we enter into this castle, we're going to enter some rooms where we can dissolve conflict and power struggles, as well as dissolving fear and blame. You will always have conflicts, power struggles and bad days in earth school, as well as joy and wonder. You may prefer to avoid conflict, only to find that you begin to implode because you have stuffed inside all the tension and resentment that you should have worked out externally. Much conflict, however, can be dissolved and therefore resolved by relying on the soul's ability to detach and ascend into a cosmic perspective. You may still need to confront someone in the everyday world to discuss and resolve a conflict, but you approach the conflict already seeing through it, seeing from a higher viewpoint. In this room, you recognize the power conflicts as you did in the lower mansions, but now consciously transcend them. You must develop insight to recognize these as ego illusions. They are classic temptations. Now your task is to learn to dissolve conflicts immediately before they can, in, they can incarnate into something you don't want, into some dis-ease. So for your soul work, you want to enter into a room and this is the perfect room to come to if you have actually had a power struggle with someone and are presently off balance as a result. Disconnecting from a power play does not mean you walk away from a situation. This is not like physically storming out of a room. 
Dissolving a soul connection in a power struggle is an act of mystical alchemy and it can occur in the middle of a business lunch. It is between your soul and the universe and all the while your business and the lunch can go on and not skip a beat. Imagine a power conflict in action. Withdraw your spirit from this power conflict. To transcend it, you recognize the power play. Imagine yourself returning to the castle. Close the drawbridge so that you feel protected and consciously dissolve any threads connecting you to that situation. Take this practice into every situation in your life. Learn to live in the consciousness of your castle. It can be a quick visualization that you do. It doesn't have to be a lengthy process. Take yourself to your castle. Close your drawbridge so you feel protected and safe. And dissolve any threads that are connecting you to the situation. Then with regards to dissolving fear and blame, you will always have to confront fears. But you can dissolve the, the hold that the fear has over you just as you can dissolve all other illusions. So if you are faced with fears, enter into a room and bring your fears into this room one at a time. Imagine yourself in conversation with your soul, requesting that you have become more fully aware of the impact that your fears have on the greater environment of your life. Reflect on why you have the fears that you do, Pray to be given a transcendent or mystical understanding of them. Releasing your fears may not be a matter of learning more about them or understanding the root cause. You may need to ask for the healing grace to have them lifted from your shoulders. Assume your prayer has been answered and leave the room with the understanding that your fears no longer hold the same authority over you. You may need to return to this room again whenever you discover that you hold fears within you. Always remember that once a prayer is said, that prayer is answered. Lesson 1. Are your stories keeping you stuck? It's time to tear down the wall. I was never a food addict, but for years I was a compulsive eater. And diets did not work. I would starve myself and binge, starve myself then binge in a constant cycle of self-sabotage and self-indulgence. I hated many things about the situation but what was worse than anything else was how much I thought about food. I was honestly obsessed with it. Thoughts of eating hardly ever left my mind and then they did. Once I had stopped dieting and stopped relying on everything external and instead turned inwards. When I set off on my journey of internal exploration, I wasn't consciously thinking of my weight as an area where I needed a miracle. But one day I looked down and I couldn't believe what I saw on the scale or on my body. My weight had simply dropped off and I realized why. The weight had merely been a physical manifestation of my need to keep myself safe. 
I feared other people's judgment, others' emotions, others' burdens, and had built a wall to protect myself. I was making my own life harder, creating challenges, because at a subconscious level, I didn't believe I was good enough. I didn't know this at the time, but now I see I was fully responsible for what I created. To truly heal, we have to get honest about why the pattern we are so keen to let go of at a logical level is actually serving us at a subconscious level. The need for safety is what drives us all. Sometimes the fear of moving outside of what we know, even if what we know is not making us happy, feels incredibly hard because from a survival perspective, new is dangerous. According to American psychiatrist and psychologist Milton Erickson, he says, all problems were once our solutions. And in effect, the things that feel like they are keeping us stuck are the very things we created at some point to keep us safe. I regularly see women unconsciously holding on to weight because they do not feel safe in the world. So if a woman has received unwanted sexual attention, it makes sense that her subconscious would create a pattern to hold her at a heavier weight to keep her safe. The solution is therefore finding a new way of creating safety through love instead of fear. Everything is energy and the life you experience comes from the energy you put out into the world. It is impossible for you not to get back what you put out. The work you do within will shine brightly into the experience you receive back on your journey. The energy you put out is the energy you get back. If at your core you do not believe you are worthy or lovable, but you are externally trying to prove yourself, you will keep coming back to where you feel stuck. You have to do the inner work. You have to get the internal aligned with the external. You have to realize how worthy you truly are. Within each of us is an ego and an authentic self. And the word ego is often misunderstood. Your ego is your sense of self-preservation and is actually coming from a need for love and safety. People might be seen to be in their ego when really they are hiding their fear. Perhaps they feel ashamed or that they won't be accepted if they're vulnerable. So they build a wall to protect themselves. And ego is demonstrated through a range of behaviors from brava, um, limiting beliefs. It's just ego is what keeps you out of alignment with who you truly are. An ego creates patterns in your subconscious to keep you safe. When you were born, you were a blank canvas. And as you grew, you watched everyone around you so that you could figure out how to survive in this world. Your, physiolog physiolog your physiology is designed to soak everything up like a sponge. Your mind created patterns and behaviors to ensure you were accepted, lovable, and ultimately remain alive. As a child, if you are loved, you are safe. 
But between the ages of 1 and 10, our sole need is to be loved and feel we are enough. I don't believe anyone comes through childhood unscathed. There is not a single person on this planet who has not experienced some degree of trauma in their lives. Trauma doesn't have to be a big, disastrous event. It can be something as simple as a new sibling coming along and your parents not being as available to you or a teacher shaming you, making you feel stupid. It is actually small and consistent trauma that does more damage in many cases. As children, we make meaning out of those experiences and hardwire them into our belief system to protect us. That one experience can be carried through the rest of our lives and we then consistently look for evidence to prove that it's true. So you might have had the most outwardly perfect childhood. But if you didn't feel lovable as a child or you were raised by emotionally unavailable parents or caregivers, then this creates two things. The first one is beliefs that you are not good enough or not worthy. It is not the fault of the adult. And a child would never think that it was. A child thinks it must be your fault. And of course, this isn't the case, but that is how a child interprets it. And the second one is a disconnection from yourself. How can you trust and love who you are if you feel so deeply unlovable? And so from there, deep beliefs about lack of self-worth are created and that results in struggles with confidence and low self-esteem. Our subconscious then creates patterns of safety. If you stay small, unseen, or don't speak up, then you're safe. Don't be vulnerable and show your emotions. It's weak. Don't let people in. They will hurt you. If you truly let someone in, they will see who you really are and leave you. Don't choose a good guy because you don't deserve to be treated well. Or, only when you weigh a certain amount are you lovable. Don't be greedy. Don't have needs. Please other people so that they like you. Put other people's needs before your own and then you will be enough. Clear your plate. There are starving children in the world. Any of those sound familiar? I think of the ego like your loving safety lock. It is designed to keep you safe and protected, but it also keeps you small. Let's face it. Some of the stories it has made up to keep you safe are downright unkind and absolutely untrue. The problem is, you might have been stuck in these stories for so long that you actually believe them. Maybe you didn't even know there was another part of you that is your truth. She is the loving, nurturing part of you. And it's time for you to offer yourself the same kindness and grace you dutifully hand out to everyone else. I often say to my clients, if you spoke to a little girl the way you speak to yourself every day of your life, how happy would she be? And they're always horrified. They say things like, I would never do that. That would be awful. But that is what you do to yourself every day. Yes, your subconscious 
thinks it is keeping you safe and protecting you by whispering in your ear, you are never good enough. You won't be able to achieve that. Why did you say that? You are so stupid. But the ego is love. But love in a fucked up, upside down kind of way. It keeps you safe by creating stories which you buy into. We hold weight for all sorts of reasons, but always to keep us safe in some way. It is always coming from a place of upside down love. Perhaps we are using food to seek comfort from the things that we are avoiding rather than taking action. Your job isn't to figure out what you need to feel safe. And then you need, your job is to figure out what you need to feel safe. And then to give yourself that safety. Your ego holds patterns of self-preservation. And your authentic self knows the truth of what you could really achieve. But my guess is you are not slowing down enough to listen to her right now. Your authentic self is your truth. She is a goddess, queen, rock star, powerhouse. A loving nurturer in the full expression of her femininity. She is loving, compassionate, strong, capable, boundaried. She is your wisdom, your kindness, your love, your light. She wants you to be healthy as much as you want it. So your first lesson focuses on the following visualization. The image of excess weight as a brick wall you're carrying around. This wall has been built by your subconscious mind. Its purpose is to separate you from other people and from life itself. Your fear has built the wall and love will tear it down. Looking closely, you see that every brick has something written on it. Shame, anger, fear, unforgiveness, judgment, disdain, excessive responsibility, pressure, exhaustion, burden, stress, injustice, protection, pride, selfishness, jealousy, greed, laziness, separation, dishonesty, arrogance, inferiority, embarrassment. That's to name just a few. Ask yourself whether or not any of those represent a thought, an emotional reality, or a character defect that pertains to you. And know that the vast majority of people, if they are honest with themselves, would say yes. You might even add a few words of your own, and with every word, move slowly into your heart and allow yourself to identify the situations or circumstances in your life that each of those words connect to. The weight you are seeking to let go of was added to your consciousness before it was added to your body. Your body is merely a screen onto which it has projected the nature of your thoughts. When the weight is gone from your consciousness, it will be gone from your physical experience. The weight on your mind, and thus on your body, is the weight of your own emotional shadows that have not yet had a light shone on them 
So whether they're unprocessed feelings or negative thoughts or fear-based attitudes and personality traits, they are no different from the shadows that other people have. But what is unique to your situation is that for whatever reason, these thoughts or feelings have become frozen within you and are not being processed properly. Instead of you getting sad, let's say going through the sadness and then moving to the other side of it, your sadness is likely, for various reasons, to stay stuck within your mind. And then it gets stuck within your body. You are failing to assimilate an experience and let it go emotionally and mentally, as well as physically. Our systems must process weight. Painful experiences are not meant to linger. They are meant to teach us what they need to teach us and then dissolve into the realm of memory. And perhaps you've subconsciously tried to get rid of these thoughts and feelings by eating them. If I can't process my sadness, perhaps I can eat my sadness. If I can't process my anger, maybe I can eat my anger. And so in the absence of an exit valve for what could be seen as your psychological sewage, your unprocessed thoughts and feelings have embedded themselves in your flesh, literally. They are the materialization of dense, unprocessed energy that had nowhere else to go. You are carrying your burdens around not only with you, but on you. This course is a way to release them. And it's not as though other people don't have unprocessed emotions. We all do. In some of us, unprocessed pain expresses itself through taking drugs or drinking. In others, through emotional outbursts. In others, through promiscuous sex and so on. The form of dysfunction is not particularly relevant. What matters is that we address the unprocessed suffering behind it. In order for your healing to take place, you must be willing to be real and honest with the issues that you address here. This journey is a sacred one in which you travel through the secrets of your heart. And so with this lesson, you'll begin to tear down the wall. There are only two categories of thoughts, those of love and those of fear. And the only way to transcend fear is to replace it with love. As you identify fear thoughts and then surrender them to divine mind, love emerges naturally. When thoughts that lead you to overeat are surrendered, then those that lead you to wholesome eating come in to take their place. The unprocessed fear will then leave your system, in time taking with it the kgs of flesh that it has produced. So by bringing it into your conscious mind and surrendering it, your fear and then your excess weight will be transmuted and removed. The practical part of this lesson involves two exercises. You have those exercises written down. I encourage you to do those exercises and see what comes up for you. And then spend the next couple of days affirming those affirmations that you have been given.